Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. Everybody, welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. It is Wednesday night. It is 9:30. It is September the 28th, 2011. We are live from Dumpling Sound Studios 2 in Bayside, New York. It's the Ready to Unload podcast with Cal and Sam Pete. And now with less Dr. Evan. Wait, more Dr. Evan. Yes, we have got a ton to talk about tonight, and we will do so. In just a second, we got baseball, we got football, we got hockey, we got lacrosse, we got men's synchronized swimming. Not even in the Olympics coming up yet, and yet it's happening. It's Wednesday night, we are live, we are Cal and Sam Pete, we are ready to unload. Imagine, imagine it's all happening, right here, now, ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Steve Sampietro, half of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Let's bring in the other half. Let's bring in the co-hosts of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode 11-28. He is the Cal to my Neva. He is the Cal to my Pino. He is the Cal to my Yente. Mr. Brian Calvi. Cal, Hello. Hello, Hi. Cal. Hi. I'm here. No, I'm here. Hi. No, I'm, Yellow. I'm here. Yellow. I'm here. Hi, Brian. I'm a little distracted right now with, Why? with everything that's, that's going on in the world of sports. There's a lot this going is, on tonight. Just a just a huge, huge night. What a what a great night to have to concentrate on a radio show and not have, be able to watch four games at once. We, we they, picked a good night to do this. You can, but you can talk about them. That's the exciting part. I could. I could, but you know. So you're saying I'm, you're you're thinking about it. I'm 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 watching them, Brian. I'm watching them, Brian. I'm, we're here. We're doing this, Brian. Okay, all right, fine. I can't have you fifty percent. I need you ninety-seven percent. Listen, you have my undivided attention right now. There's I'm just ton. saying. Like, I'm just saying. I got pennant fever, dude. There's a ton. There's a ton. There's Jose Reyes and the batting title. There's uh, the Red Sox collapsing. There's the Braves collapsing. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. All right, I need you focused now. 
I'm let's, here. Let's get very, let's get very uh, like bad action movie now. <laughs> I need you focused. I'm getting too old for this stuff. There, well, I didn't say, uh, I didn't say, uh, oh. you know, police captain. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Riggs, Riggs. Before we get into uh, all the all the the stuff, because there's a lot of stuff tonight, we should be joined by our producer, Doctor, or Doctor, our producer, Pop Culture PJ, a little later on in the show. But we are joined by. And let's not make a big deal out of it, Cal. No, Cal. Let's keep. Let's not make a big deal out of it. You know what? I'm not even going to bring him in. I'm not even going to do it. I'm very unaffected I even, by this. I don't even know who he is. I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I, I forget it. We'll talk about it later. Anyway. Look, you said you had pennant fever, Cal. I do. Why? Tell us why. I do. Why? 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 Why wouldn't I at this point? Why? There's four games going on right now in Major League Baseball that have that are of vital importance to the playoffs. Four, all at once. It's all happening. It's like uh, almost famous. It's all happening. This, this is three weeks after we declared the. Uh, the baseball right. season, a complete disaster. We were not the only ones. Let's not, uh, let's not you know, throw ourselves under that bus by ourselves. There's a lot of people under that bus. Because everybody said that there were going to be no pennant races, and look, it's, we're giving way to football already. And, and, and you know, we, who counted on the Red Sox and the Braves having two of the worst Septembers in history? N- not I. Not look, you. It's crazy. Let's just, since we are a live show, we are a live show. Uh, let's give the scores right now. And we do have a certain guy. <clears throat> we don't even need to say his name, but he helps us along with some statistical things during the show. That's all. That's all. It'd be great. It'd be great if he came and gave us the stats and, and the scores right now. If he was around. If he's available. If he was around, if this would be a good time. Right. If that guy who shall remain unnamed. Oh. 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 oh, oh do you guys mean me? You know, look at who it is. It's Dr. Erase that, everybody. Must be Sweeps Week. It's been a long time. I actually logged into a different show. I forgot how to get on this one. (laughs) Were you on Mostly Mets? Like, you're on the Mostly Mets podcast? And they were like. I promise you, I was not. No. Uh, they're like, what, what are you doing here? Uh, how did your uh, How did your little stint go on the uh, Star Wars Fanatics podcast? Oh, it went pretty well. Pretty well. Was that, was I, that great? I played the part of the Wookiee. Right. Was that Was that, How was your stint at Mos Eisley? <laughs> I tell you, that's a rough neighborhood. If I ever saw one, the Tashi Station. That's the That's like that would be a good name for a Star Wars podcast. It the Tashi The Tashi Station. Uh, at Doctor Erase that. Welcome to the show. We love having you, of course. Uh, give us the give us the uh, the haps around uh, the pennant race. Last day of the season, folks. Okay, uh, the Yanks are up seven nothing in the seventh. Seem to have it under control. Cardinals also up seven nothing in the sixth. Seem to be cruising. The Braves up three two in the bottom of the eighth, and then the Red Sox is current. The Red Sox are currently in rain delay. It's up three two in the seventh. Wow, rain delay. Yep. Okay, so this is here. Here's the way things stand. These teams came all the way back uh, to tie uh, the Braves and the Red Sox for the wild card, what looked like insurmountable leads. Uh, this, this is uh, concurrent epic collapses going on at one time. Cal, if the Braves and the Cardinals remain tied, there would be a one-game playoff tomorrow in Atlanta. 
if the Red Sox and the Rays remain tied, there will be a one-game playoff in Tropicana Field in Tampa. Um, you guys were discussing – I, I want to take a different angle on this because you guys were discussing something very interesting. Okay, and whatever whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Whatever will be will be, they say. Sly and the Family Stone, I think, said it. They probably didn't, but it sounds like they should have to me. Whatever will be will be with these games. But, I don't think that was them. <laughs> any idea who said that in the 70s in, in some sort of funky type song? Could have been Leif Garrett. <laughs> Could have been Leif Garrett. No, Leif Garrett, the, the lesser known of the two. Lee Garrett. Yes, not Lee. Uh, but you guys were discussing the idea of who – okay, who crapped the bed here? Or who has more at stake here? The team that's come all the way back to tie it on the last game of the season or the team that is currently crapping the bed uh, and, and collapsing? You and Dr. E. Ray were having a lovely conversation. Stop making those faces. If you don't know, folks, we're on video chat. Uh, we do this show. Uh, of course, it's a radio show, but we like to see each other, so there's give and take. You know, Cal's making silly faces. Dr. Reese that I don't know where he is. I don't I don't know. If that's his office, uh, I, I don't know what's going on in his office right now. But uh, There's nothing silly about this, Steve, at all. <laughs> but you guys were – no, seriously, you guys were having this this discussion about, you know, who is the onus on to win here? Who's where? Where is there more pressure? You come all the way back just to lose. I think that stinks more, but I don't know. I do. I agree with that. Somebody doesn't agree with that's that. Ridic- that's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous notion. Well, uh, tell me, tell me, why? So you're telling me that the Red Sox, who may have become, you know, go down in annals as one of the biggest choke jobs in history, don't have the more pressure tonight. Now, obviously, they're winning, and the Rays have stunk it up, but. By far and away, they have the most pressure and the most to lose because they had such a big lead. The Rays, you know, they fought very hard. Their fan base is happy. And, yes, of course, um, people want them to win, but they don't have the most pressure. I think everything is cream cheese at this point, don't you think? No, I don't. And I'll tell you why. I think that both teams tonight are under equal pressure. I think before tonight, Tampa was under no pressure whatsoever. And St. Louis was under no pressure whatsoever because they were in the midst of this ridiculous run to get them back to a, a position where they now control their own destiny. They haven't controlled their own destiny until tonight. Now, tonight, the pressure is on all four teams, on Atlanta, St. Louis, Tampa, and Boston. If Tampa and Atlanta, or if Tampa and St. Louis cannot finish the job, They've come all the way back. They're in a position now where if they win two games, they're in the playoffs, and they will have completed this historic comeback. If they can't do that, I think it's – I really think you're going to forget about the run that they went on in September. What? Well, okay. But that, you just hit on the key thing there, Cal, and that is does it make the run forgettable? And to me, what does it do to the team next year? Okay. And, and here's why, in my thinking. The Mets in 07, right, have – this is the most recent epic collapse, right? Yes. And the Mets in 07 had this epic collapse where, this, you know, seven games and 17 uh, – or seven-game lead, 17 games. We all know what it was and who it was and what happened. It set the, the franchise into a tailspin that has been disastrous. That they're okay? still in. That they're still in. That they're currently still residing in. 
four okay. years later. So you could have – if you're the team that's doing the collapsing, I feel like you – I almost agree with Dr. E right here a little bit, Cal, because I feel like you have so much to lose that it could set your franchise back a few years. Whereas if you're – I understand where you're coming from, definitely. The, IT, the idea that the team that has made the run is finally in control of their own destiny. And isn't it killer to get work so hard to get in control of your destiny and then blow it? Yes, that's killer. But the collapsing team could set you back three, four, five years. Well, let me let me be very clear about this because I, I don't want this Please. to be misunderstood. Please. I, I'm going to be as clear as I possibly can. Please. I'm not I am not absolving the collapsing team from any pressure or any consequences whatsoever. If the if if Boston or Atlanta completes this this collapse, it will you know it has the potential to set your franchise back. It certainly could change the way you you approach the immediate future, which is next season. You know, um, so I'm believe me, I'm I am not taking any pressure off of them. There's a ton of pressure. I'm not saying that the pressure has shifted from the teams that were being chased to the teams teams that are now chasing. The pressure hasn't shifted. I just think it's now equal because up until today, there's been no pressure on Tampa or St. Louis, none whatsoever. They've just been on this magical run, and now they've put themselves in a position where they win, they control their own destiny. Up until today, they needed to rely on another team in order to keep this run going. Now they control the run, and I just think that that's pressure – and now St. Louis tonight, 7 nothing over Houston, they're not showing any signs that the pressure has gotten to them. They're taking care of business. Tampa, on the other hand, David Price came out like Tom Glavin circa 19, uh, 2007, and he gave up a grand slam to Mark Teixeira in the second inning and right away put his team in a 5 nothing hole. And they've, and they've got three or four hits against the Yankees' B squad tonight. And to me, I think they're re- this is the first time that the pressure has been on them, and I really see an effect on them. But they, but this is a seasoned Tampa team, right? Most of, I mean, David Price has already pitched in like four elimination games in his career. I, I don't know if the pressure got to them tonight or they just, you know, they just wound up getting smacked around by Mark Teixeira, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, but Cal, I, I definitely get your point that all of a sudden, but I feel like it's an all of a sudden thing the pressure is on, whereas those collapsing teams, the Red Sox, and hopefully, as Met fans, hopefully the Braves. Hopefully it has a if the Braves do in fact collapse, it has a lasting effect on them. We can only hope and sets the franchise into a tailspin. And what you said before, just a couple seconds ago, about the idea that uh, you know it can it can affect you next year is huge because the Mets right. the Mets for example in '07 immediately went out and tried to right the wrong that was the 2007 uh, disaster. You know what I mean? So they they made all their offseason moves based on crapping the bed in in 07. Right. You know, so I, I look, the only thing that I say is that the the Red Sox and the Braves, it's not like the the Tampa Bay's been playing out of their mind. Though Cal, that's the other thing. Well, they kind of have because they made up nine and a half games in 3 weeks. Uh, all right, but uh, yeah, but they. But uh, I lost. But Boston's been awful. Right, Boston. Boston can't win a game. The Braves have lost four in a row. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, that's a disaster for them. 
I mean, what if the, the Red Sox, I don't know the numbers exactly. I think the Red Sox have lost uh, 16 out of 21. Is that Something possible? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yep. so in order to make up in order to make up nine games, you gotta go uh fourteen and seven in those twenty one games. So you're right, right, that's not that's not playing out of your mind, fourteen and seven. No. No, that's certainly not. They haven't had to play out of their mind. And the Red Sox are to me, the Red Sox are losing this. Okay? The Tampa Bay hasn't taken it from them. Yeah, the Red Sox we, are losing well, this. Well, we talked about this last week or a couple I think I think it's a combination of the two. I don't you can't you can't uh, not give credit to the team that is making the run and trying to win. No, I no no. Again, it's not it's not a credit situation though. Like they'll get all the credit in the world, but if they lose now, you know it gets forgotten. Their run gets forgotten. I agree. If Boston collapses and finishes this collapse, and the Braves do as well, it will never be forgotten. Ever. You're right. You're right. Okay, and and so that's why I think there's more pressure on on Boston. If you're, I, I don't want to necessarily say, and and that's not to say that Tampa's playing with house money or the Braves are either. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not saying. I mean, uh, uh, the Cardinals. I'm not saying that they're playing with house money, Cal. They're not right now. No, they, no, they they were till yesterday. Right. And yesterday they were playing with house money. They can play loosey goosey and without pressure. Today put, they put loose and fancy free. They 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 could play right. They, they could play free and easy, free and easy. Right. That's like the what was the shampoo commercial when we were kids? Nice uh, and easy. Nice and easy. Yeah. Is that a shampoo? Like the girl with the curl. The little girl, the girl with the curl. Uh, but it's it's an interesting debate debate on who the more pressure is on, and 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 again, Cal, I can't emphasize enough how badly I want to see the Braves lose this lead. I can't. Well, we talked we talked about this earlier because if Uh-oh. the Braves we talked about it. We did talk about good, it. Good thing pop culture PJ's not here. <laughs> That's why I said it. He no, we talked a lesson last week on the air. Yeah, he did. He <laughs> he did. He taught us a lesson but good. That was tough love. Look folks, we say uh, we talked about it way too much. And our producer, who's one of the best in the very listened, very, very, very uh, sparsely listened to podcast producers. He's one of the best, without a doubt, in that arena. Yeah, uh, it taught us a lesson right on air. Tough love, right on air. It's, you did. I think it's still there. I think it's in the studio, Cal. I think you could play it. The best part about that is that I obviously didn't learn my lesson. That's correct. That's correct. Because uh, I because I used it, but I'm right. But like, look, we talked about it. All right, we did talk. We did talk about it. We said that you know the, the Phillies have the collapse of '64. Yes, blowing a six-game lead with 12 to play. The Mets have the collapse of '07, where they blew a seven-game lead with 17 to play. Yes. We'd like the Braves to have a collapse of their own. That's correct. A lot. I, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We want them to have that a lot. Join the party. Yes, welcome to the part, as Bruce Willis famously said in Die Hard. I quote the great Bruce Willis. Welcome to the party, pal. Also, uh, Nakatomi Plaza. Right. And also uh, Hans Gruber. Something about Hans. Uh, what can we say? About Hans Gruber? You know what, what, can, what can we say about Hans Gruber? 
That hasn't already been said. That hasn't. All right, boy. Hans hey. Gruber. Pretty good, Hans. You almost fooled me with that accent. <laughs> By the way, just as an aside, because that's what we do. How rewatchable is Die Hard? Extremely rewatchable. I think it's wonderfully rewatchable. And I want to throw this out there to you. Is it a? It's a Christmas movie for me. For it's, some it's absolutely a Christmas movie. It is, right? Yep. It totally is. Why is that? Well, because it's held during Christmas time. Right. Okay. The movie takes place during Christmas, right? Yet, Lethal Weapon is not a Christmas movie. And always shown at Christmas. Oh, exactly. And and there's the scene. Was it was it Christmas or Thanksgiving? That that Mel Gibson is invited to Danny Glover's house. I think it's Christmas, or maybe it's Thanksgiving. The tree is up though, and then it's got to be Christmas. And Busey drives into the tree and the whole right, world. right. But that, but to me, that's not a Christmas movie. Not even close. Die Hard, Christmas movie. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Well, it's got the music playing in it too, so right. and it's got the the uh, the one computer guy, the computer nerd. Right, right. The the, the black guy from Die Hard does the Merry Christmas when the box yes. opens. That's what. Yeah, it's. I always think of Christmas when I see that. God, movie. I love that. Utterly rewatchable. Now, would you say the same thing for Die Hard too? I could watch Die Hard 2 at any point, I think. I could watch it. Not not nearly like Die Hard 1. Certainly not. And Die Hard 3, don't even... I, I can't watch Die Hard 3. Do you... Are you even frolicking about New York? I can't, I can't watch that one. You, really? Samuel L., no good? I like him, but... Eh. I like to pretend Die Hard 4 never happened. We all like to pretend Die Harder. Right. That's a lot like Die Hardest. Die with, hard with a vengeance, isn't it? Die hard with a vengeance. Yeah, that's um that falls along the lines of Rocky Balboa. That's correct. Which or Rocky Six? No, no, no. Rocky Five is way worse than Rocky Six or Rocky Balboa. Way worse. With with Tommy with Gunn. Tommy oh my goodness, Cal. Yeah, he that's wasn't good. Was he? You try to. I dare you to try to go watch that movie again. I dare you. I don't think I could. My ring's outside. That's all I got from that movie. That's the best part of that movie. <laughs> I just I just gave you the best part of that movie. My wow. ring's outside. And scene. <laughs> um, do we want a little update? You want a little live look? Yeah, in? let's do a little let's uh let's go to the newsroom. Do a little live update. RTU Sports Live. Alright, I'm gonna give you the look in in Atlanta, since that's the game that, that is that is most uh that is close to uh, ending. Okay. This is the game that's closest to ending. They're in the bottom of the ninth. It's 3-2 Atlanta with one out. Phillies have first and second. So they've got the tying run on. Nice. And uh, Jimmy Rollins is up. Pending pending free agent. Oh, well, well. Look who it is. Yeah. So it's J-Roll. Well, well, well. So that's what we're looking at right now with, uh, with Craig Kimbrell on the mound. The untouchable Craig Kimbrell. Well, Atlanta is in a little bit of a, a little bit of a pickle right now that they're trying to get out of, but they still do have the lead, three two. If they win this game, they guarantee themselves a spot tomorrow in the play-in game. Excellent. And they'll host it. No, they won't. They'll go to St. Louis. They will. No, they, they will indeed. So. All um, right. <laughs> this has been Brian Calvi from the newsroom. Thank you, Brian. It's exciting. 
<laughs> that music is magnificent. Okay. Um, so anyway, back to baseball. The other thing I wanted to talk about, Cal, before we yeah. get off on the tangent. Well, just to finish up on the on the penance and the pressure and stuff like that, and and having your own a collapse of your own, as it were. The, the Red Sox have seventy eight. Um. Yes, they do. Department. They don't need another one. And the Yankees, of course, authored the greatest collapse in the history of postseason, maybe sports, but that's okay. In 2004, right? Can't, can't nothing top that one. No. So the Yankees have one. The Red Sox have one. Phillies, Mets, yeah. uh, uh, Anaheim. The Angels have that huge collapse in 1995. I think they were for the Bravos. They, they need one. I mean. I don't think it can hurt. It builds character. It does. So, Doesn't it? So there was another uh, – so there you go on the pen races. We'll keep uh, you up to date on this even though you'll probably be listening to this on your treadmill on Saturday. Well, before before we leave the pennant races, let me ask you. What what do you think happens? Who's on the treadmill? Who's on the tre- – I, I just went very 1987. On like the treadmill? Somebody, like somebody with a Walkman on a treadmill. I'm looking at a treadmill right now. I had the <laughs> about as close as I'm going to get to it. Your basement? Yeah. How much right here? How much laundry is on that treadmill? Nothing. But there it is. There it is. Looks good. It's got my jet hat on it. It's got. It's, got... <laughs> it's a hat holder. It is a. It's a good hat holder. You know what? Uh, Teresa and I had an elliptical machine in Brooklyn, and this is the definition of idiocy. Living <laughs> in an apartment in Brooklyn, <laughs> had like a seven-foot elliptical machine. And the only room that it would fit, our living room. Oh, of course. And naturally. So who is going to get on the elliptical machine while somebody else is watching 30 Rock? I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that was going to happen. And get a quick workout in. You hung your clothes on it, right? It's a magnificent, magnificent hanger. Love that. Um, all right, so final thing. What do you think happens? Give me, give me your thoughts here, and I will tell you this. The Phillies have the bases loaded right now with one out. Come on, Phillies. What do you do? You think we are going to see at least one game tomorrow? I do. Do you think we will see two? I don't. I do. I don't know. I I I really I really think that the Braves could lose this game and the Cards could just win it outright. Well, the Braves have it's a tie game now. Sacrifice fly makes it three three. So. Oh, the Braves are just—they're falling apart. Oh, it's glorious. So we might not. So we may not even see after all. After all this. So after all the hue and cry and the and the runs and you know, the bluster and all that stuff. <laughs> what do we have? We may not even have two games tomorrow. After all, Tampa's blowing it. Tampa's blowing it, but that you know the Red Sox aren't free and clear there. No, we do. Yeah, the and, Red Sox uh, have a three-two lead in the seventh inning as they await the rain. In Baltimore. And Jonathan Papelbon's thrown 78 innings over the last four days. That sounds like a song, Raining in Baltimore. It does. Who hmm. would sing such a song? I don't know. I think that there is going to be one play-in game, and I think it will be the Sox and the Rays. I think Baltimore comes back in that game. How do you like that? Wow, so you're saying Atlanta's going to blow this game because St. Louis has a 7 nothing lead. You you don't think Houston's going to come back and win that game, do you? I, I don't believe in the uh, the 62 win Astros. I do not. Okay. But you know what? If if nothing else, it's been a really exciting Absolutely. last 
peak of the baseball season, which we never thought we'd see. We never thought we were getting this. It's great. And we had a very exciting last day of the baseball season, Cal. We sure did. Not just uh, not just Here for the York. pennant races. Right. Here you in know? New York, we had a very, very exciting day. Now, Cal, mm. uh, question. Before we get to this Jose Reyes stuff, okay, because this is a very big deal, Jose Reyes, the batting title. I understand Ryan Braun is 0 for 3, and so Jose Reyes has won the batting title. Is that correct? Uh, I can't confirm that. He was 0 for 2. I think he is officially 0 for 3. Okay. And uh, let's check the Twitter feed. Let's check the Twitter feed. I'm sure Adam Rubin will have nothing negative to say at all about the Mets. He won't be snarky at all about Ryan Braun if Ryan Braun is to lose the the, uh, the batting title. I'm sure uh, Adam Rubin will call it very straight. No, now, now. 0 for 3 for Braun. Okay. Let's take, that, let's take, let's take the high road. Jose uh, Jose Reyes is the yeah I'm not taking the high road not today okay oh, great sure That's it is not this too <laughs> you should do that too uh, Ryan Braun uh, is uh, 0 for three Jose Reyes is the your National League batting champion Adam, That's right Adam Rubin tweets 0 for three for Braun mathematically four for seven would work but game more than halfway over all we're lacking is a concession speech <laughs> very funny he's a very funny guy now. Uh, before we get to that, though, Cal, how do you feel about this idea that these pennant races have come down to the last day for the wild card? And therefore, Major League Baseball can say, look, we don't need to expand the teams. We don't need another wild card. Uh, you're getting uh, – you get pennant races every year. So, you know, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> it is It is funny how the potential exists for us to have – the actual scenario that Major League Baseball is pushing by adding an, an extra team with the play-in games tomorrow. Right, with the one-game play-in. Which is that's exactly what they want. And that's exactly what they would get tomorrow, but it would be on merit, not on the second team in. Uh, or, uh, in other words, right now, today would mean nothing. Uh, that's right. This would, would be playing regardless tomorrow. That's right. But the Red Sox would not have had to pitch John Lester today. The Rays did not have to pitch David Price today. They could have saved him for tomorrow. Right. So you would have had a more – I mean, the, the Red Sox had to pick up Bruce Chen and trade for Bruce Chen today just in case he could pitch tomorrow. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, that's not even a joke. I know. And he 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 may not have even gotten used. I mean, I think they did trade for him. Did they not? I, I didn't I didn't see that they actually did, but I know they were working the phones all day trying to get a starter in for tomorrow. Trying to trade for a starter just for a playoff game tomorrow. Game 163 could have been pitched by a guy who hasn't been on the team all year. They were trying to get Chris Capuano from the from the Mets for we're a couple weeks. Sandy Nelson said, "What? Well, how does uh, Jacoby Ellsbury look?" <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. How much? How much do you want to win the pennant? <laughs> I guess you don't want it. <laughs> How does uh, Ryan Lavarnway look? How's that look? He Boy, looks good, by the way. Is he writing a script? We talked about him, Cal, like two yeah. months ago. Yeah, we did. Remember, we talked about him like two months ago, him coming up like uh, Jesus Montero. That's right. And how he's another catcher who can't catch. He's, he's looked okay. Oh, he stinks on ice. Well, he's looked okay. He's He's been serviceable. So listen, Brian, let, Let's. it's 10 o'clock. Let's stop beating around the bush. Okay. okay. Let's let's talk about what everybody wants to talk about. What's that? Jose Reyes. 
<clears throat> playing in his last game as a Metropolitan. Right? Potentially. Potentially. <clears throat> under this under his current contract. How's yes. that? <laughs> is that good for you? Yeah, it's good. I mean we don't want I mean, we don't know how this is gonna play out. So we can't definitively say it was his last game. Pending free agent Jose Reyes. I like that. Let's go with that. Okay. Today comes enters the day. Uh, what was he? One point up on Ryan Braun. Uh, Milwaukee's Ryan Braun, a, an MVP candidate, by the way. Yes. Jose, Jose Reyes is not any longer, and has not been for some time. Uh, Jose Reyes comes into the day one point ahead, <clears throat> and the Mets play a day game. Milwaukee plays a night game. Setting up a scenario that, I'm going to go ahead and say this, Cal, we have seen at least 20 times in Major League Baseball over the last 50 years. At least. So every every other year we see this? We see this a lot. In, in one or the other. I, I'm saying we've seen it at least 20 times over the last 50 years. Okay? In those 50 years, you're talking about 100 uh, batting races, Cal. There's just one in each league. Okay. So you're talking about 100 batting races. I'm saying we've seen this 20 times. Okay. Okay. Fair. Well, we don't have the numbers to back that up, but we'll go. Let's go with that. Yes, and Doctor Erase Stat is tending to his staff. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, and that's not a euphemism. That's not. <laughs> what? He literally. He literally is. He literally is uh, working with his with the children. Um, because he's a giver, Cal. He ain't giving anything to us right now. No. Wow. <laughs> Jose Reyes comes in. Uh, it was rumored, it was talked about yesterday that if he got a hit or two early, Terry Collins was going to pull him from the game, thus preserving his batting average lead. The Mets have never had someone win the National League batting title. They have never had a player win it. The closest they came was John Olerud, who Larry Walker sat out on the final day of the year to preserve his lead over John Olerud. John Olerud... If I recall correctly, didn't he bat 360? 352. 352? Yes. Larry Walker, I believe, won it at 354. Or 355. I think Olerud needed to go like 3 for 4 that day. Walker rested. Walker took the game off. Okay? Mm -hmm. Larry, Larry Walker did this to the Mets to win a batting title. Carlos Gonzalez did it last year, too. Carlos Gonzalez did it last year, but that's okay. That's okay. Set, set out two games. Right. There was about to be a Met doing it. Oh, right, right. Okay. So, uh, we move on to today. Jose Reyes, top, uh, bottom of the first, gets up there, bunts for a single. Okay. And then Terry Collins proceeds to take him out of the game for a pinch runner right there. And that's it. Right? Mhm. Now, the Twitter <laughs> Twitter is uh on fire. My phone literally caught fire. Twitter is a Twitter. I was not No, let's not do that. No, I'm going there. Let's not. All right. No, it's you want to. lazy. Let's no, you're right. That's lazy. It's very lazy. <laughs> strike strike that from the record. Look, Twitter so Reyes bunts, uh, it gets taken out of the game for a pinch runner Justin Turner. People go absolutely bat crazy 
bat guano crazy about how this is a disgrace to the game. Reyes is a disgrace. This is a disgrace. That's a disgrace. Disgrace was the word we heard a lot. Yes. Disgrace. And, gu- and, okay. and gutless. Gutless, cowardice. Cowardless. Who is responsible for this? Only the Mets could screw this up, Brian. Only the Mets. Hmm. Uh, it turns out Ryan Braun would have needed to go three for four tonight to overtake Jose Reyes. He's gone over three. Jose Reyes is the National League batting champion, first ever for the Metropolitans, and he did so in a fashion that has been called gutless, uh, planned cowardice. I believe is what uh, Mr. Mike Francesa said today. Just tainted. It's tainted. Tainted, and also. We have to hear on the 70, 70th year anniversary of Ted Williams. Just so happens to be on, to, on the day, yeah. Who was hitting 399, 3995 and said, if I'm going to hit 400, I want to hit 400, and didn't ask out of a doubleheader and went 6 for 8 and hit 406. Okay, and this is, this is what Jose Reyes is being held to. Cal, let's start here. Do you have a problem? Uh, let's let's break this down and go okay. back. Let's go micro then macro. Preconceived cowardice was the term you were looking for. Thank you. Preconceived, Preconceived cowardice. Magnificent. Right. Um, do you have a problem with the bunt for a hit? I don't. Okay. Neither do I. I now. In a vacuum, I probably would have preferred he not bunt. Okay. But but ultimately, I don't I don't have a problem with the bunt. It's all is fair in love and batting titles. Okay, so let me the baseball bunch. Those boys were going back and forth. The uh, the JCs, uh, yeah. Jimmy Jimmy Nolan, uh, Hubie, our buddy Hubie. We were all going back and forth here on this on email, and this is what JC said. He said, uh, uh, the fact that it was a bunt and not a regular hit makes matters worse. JC is a dyed-in-the-wool Yankee fan, by the way. Might be at it. Okay. I wrote back nonsense. One word. (laughs) JC wrote back, right, nonsense by Reyes. They weren't bunting to get a speedy guy on, as attested to the fact that they immediately pinched around for him. It was calculated solely to try to pad his average for individual statistical reasons. Okay. Okay, so I wrote back. He's a freaking leadoff hitter. He bunted for a hit. I mean, come on. Is it the first time Jose Reyes has bunted for a hit this season? If it was Ryan Howard and the shift was on and he needed a single for the batting title and bunted in a meaningless game in the first inning and bunted to third base, that's nonsense. Were they playing Jose Reyes for a bunt? They would, I, I would say yes, parentheses, and they were. So it takes a great deal of skill to get a bunt down there. So my point was, it's Jose Reyes. It's not the first time he's bunted for a hit this season. If it was, you know, Poppy Ortiz and he was bunting against the shift in the first <laughs> inning of a meaningless game to try to get a hit to pad his stats, then that's a problem. But I have no problem with him bunting for a hit. It's part of his game. He's Jose Reyes. If Ryan Braun was trying to push a bunt with the third baseman back, I'd have a bigger problem with that. Because Ryan Braun is not paid to bunt. Okay? So... I, I had no problem with the bunt. You have no problem with the bunt, yes? Um, I wouldn't say I have no problem with it, but I have very little problem with it. I'm okay with it. Okay. Now, do you have a problem with him? And, and we found out later that Jose Reyes asked out of this game. 
He went to Terry Collins before the game. They talked about how it would be handled. He said to Terry Collins, if I go one for one, take me out of the game. Because I want to win this thing. He's been very, very clear how important this is to him. Very candid. Very clear. Said he, Last... said he wanted to win it for the fans. Well. They've never had one. Said he wants to win it for himself. He's been through a lot here. He... um. He even said after the game last night he was going to have a lot of trouble sleeping yep. thinking about this. So, I, I mean, everybody, everybody knows how important this was to Jose Reyes. He wanted to win it. Okay. Is that selfish? Maybe it's selfish. <clears throat> did I ask myself a question and answer it? I did. But I think the situation called for it. That's something the Jets would do. <laughs> Um, I, I think he was entitled to, yeah, uh, unfortunately, right. I got, I got, a, I got a thesis on this, but let's back up. All right. Go ahead. You're going to ask me, do I have a problem with this? <laughs> so you want me to answer, ask the question so you can answer it? No, let me, you know, I'm going to ask you the question. Do you have a problem with it? Do you have a problem with Jose Reyes taking himself out of the game after going one for one in order to preserve his shot at the batting title. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> uh, it's, been a, it's been a good show. I've enjoyed it. Good night, everyone. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. There it is. Good night, everybody. That sound you hear, the sound effects, are Jose Reyes, like, laying a bunt down. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I don't have a problem with it, and here's why. Other than individual statistics, that game is meaningless. But neither team has any sort of interest in the postseason. There is nothing happening in that game other than people going for individual achievements. So if Jose Reyes was going to try to hit 400, okay, he was hitting 399.399.5 or whatever, or, or Jose Reyes was hitting 401 and he decided to take today off, I would not have a problem with that. Or no, strike that. I would have a bigger problem with that than I do with this. Okay, this is, and again, I, I turn to the baseball bunch, right? So Hubie checks in and says, and again, another died-in-the-wool Yankee fan, and says, after the Mets season, they could use a ray of sunshine. I say go for the batting title. I don't think it's that big a deal at all, honestly. Baseball is about individual performances at this point in the season, unless you're going to the playoffs, and the Mets are not. <laughs> Why not? I, li I like how he threw that in at the end, though. <laughs> Actually, I put that in. Oh, okay. I did. I put that in. Hubie was thinking it, though. Of course. <laughs> I, is, is, is it my favorite move of all time? No. But to call it gutless, to call it preconceived cowardice, when it's happened 20 times, is ridiculous. And I really feel like it's only because he's a Met. That's it. I feel like it's because he's a Met. And you know what? Scratch Bomb, our buddy Matt Callen, who's mm. uh, got a book coming out, by the way. 
But he writes he for uh, he writes for uh, Mets Police, and uh, he's a great tweeter. You should follow him. It's at Scratch Bomb. He had a great he had a great response to David Lennon. Did you see that tonight? I I I I think I did. He was he was going all day. He was the one like leading the charge against everybody that was outraged by this. Yeah, that it was that it was shenanigans that everybody was calling out the Mets and Reyes for this. Right. But he what did he say? Well, Lennon says and, and David Lennon is the Newsday writer who covers the Mets. And the beat writers were just all over this today and Cal and I got into it with a couple of beat writers on Twitter today. Um, but he said, uh, Lennon said something about, you know, if Ryan Braun only needed one hit to get the batting title and he took himself out after he got that hit, you know, what, what was it? Would, would people have a problem with it or something like that? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. And Callan responded, well, is he playing for the Mets in that scenario? Because if he, <laughs> they would. That's true. <laughs> if he's playing for anybody else, it's fine. And I, Cal, I didn't, you know, here in New York, Mike Francesa, our local, our buddy Mike, on Mike Dup, enormous, had a had a huge had a huge problem with Reyes today. Huge problem. Enormous. He's the one who said preconceived cowardice. He's the one who said it's a disgrace. Uh, it's gutless, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Play the game. Fans have come out to see you play and win a batting title legitimately. I mean, just – but Cal, did you happen to see if um, anybody called and asked him about Bernie Williams in 1998? No, that that uh, that never came up. Never came – so nobody called in and asked him about Bernie Williams? I didn't hear it. Okay. Because so I can't – I can't uh, – I can't I, confirm that that didn't happen, but I, I didn't hear it. I would have been super interested to find out if – uh, he would have had the same problem. Now, I called out Mike Vaccaro from The Post about the Bernie Williams thing today on Twitter, and Vaccaro actually responded to me and said, I said to Mike, I said, you know, you're you're awfully incensed, and I just wonder if you were this fired up when Bernie Williams did this in 1998. You know, and, and, and I, I took issue with some of the words that Vaccaro was using, and Vaccaro wrote me back and said... For the record, for what it's worth, I was this incensed, and I said it at the time. Well, Steve, just, just for the uninitiated, go over that story, too, because it's a little similar to what happened today. Last day of the season, 1998, the Yankees playing in a meaningless game. Uh, they had already wrapped up the pennant. Uh, Bernie Williams is locked in a batting uh, average, batting title uh, you know, race with Mo Vaughn. They happen to be playing at the same time. And Mo Vaughn winds up going 0 for 2. Bernie goes 2 for 2. And the Yankees pull Bernie from the game because he's got the batting title locked up. All he can do is lose it. And so the Yankees took Bernie, a pending free agent, I might add, uh, out of the game. So uh, this has been done many, many times. In fact, right here in New York. Why is it... Why is it, uh, you know, any different when the Yankees take Bernie Williams out of the game to secure a batting title for him? But when Jose Reyes gets a hit and gets out of the game, it's a big deal. Why? You know that old phrase? I I use this phrase a lot because it applies. Um, perception is reality. You know that phrase? I don't. Percep- 
Okay. It's an, it's an old it's an old phrase that's used. I'm not familiar with that. Around, you know, around the office. Perception is reality. Perception becomes reality. All kinds of variations on it. But basically, the the essence of the of the saying is what what you see eventually becomes what you get. Okay. And I'm I'm not look I'm not I'm not trying to teach lessons here. All right. I'm just. And who, who am I? And that's one to grow on with Brian. Who am I? I'm you know I'm just I'm just a guy talking sports with his buddy. I, what do I know? But what I do know is that the phrase perception is reality applies a lot. And the perception of Jose Reyes being a selfish player and the Mets being a joke of a franchise, regardless of whether or not it's true, is the reality for many people in the sports world. You know what I'm saying? So what Reyes did today, it's, well, Reyes is, Reyes is selfish. Reyes is a coward. Reyes, Reyes consistently proved during his time here that he wasn't clutch. And this was really another example of Reyes not being a winner. Reyes is a loser because of what he did today. He's a losing ball player. And the Mets are a joke for allowing it to happen. That's all you heard. Yeah. And there's no benefit of the doubt here whatsoever. So that's the reason why there was such a such an outrage about what happened today. I, I, Vaccaro used the phrase uh, "the sobering reality." <laughs> I know that's what I called him out on. You know, is, like, is sobering reality a little much, isn't it? Um, Michael K using the phrase uh, "this is a window into the Mets' soul." <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> that's that's what wow. this is. That's, uh, wow. You know? Yeah. It's, you know, everybody, everybody just was, was all of this righteous indignation about what the Mets did. And now let me back up and give you my opinion on this because I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like what he did. It doesn't feel right. I see, I understand why he did it. I understand the people that support why he did it. My opinion of it was I didn't like it. I, I would rather him have not done that. I would have felt a lot better if he even stayed in for one more at bat. I didn't like it. I, th- I thought it was a little bit of a weak way to go out. I am not going to go so far as to call it cowardly or gutless. I don't think it taints it at the level that everybody says that it does. It just doesn't feel right to me. And I would have preferred him not to do that. That's how I feel about it. But... I, it's been done so many times, and everybody seems to forget that this is not the first time that this was done. And you, and you brought this point up before. They're making it out like the Mets were, were – this was some evil genius plan that was concocted in the lab down in City Field. That, oh, you know, we've got this, this revolutionary idea. Let's, let's pull him after the first at bat to preserve his batting title. It's perfect. Cal, can I jump in for a second? Please. Because it was concocted. Because Reyes in his post-game interview said – I'm going to bump yeah. my first at bat, and then I told him if I get a hit, I'm going to come out. So right. it was concocted. This was a, a design move. He basically said, "I'm going to, I'm going to try the bet. I'm going to do something that's going to guarantee contact, which is a bunt." Oh no! Come on gonna, now. Can I just finish? I'm yes. Gonna use, I'm going to use my legs. I'm going to run it out, and if I get a hit, I want to be taken out of the game so that I can preserve my average where it is. Yeah. Now, what? Why? What is inaccurate about that statement? Well, 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 first of all, though, and I wanted to get you in on this, Ev, about the bunt, 
Why do you have a problem with Jose Reyes bunting for a hit? I have a problem with it. I really has, do. Has he not bunted for a hit this season? Well, first of all, I don't know how many times he has or he hasn't. But my point is, this. I have a problem that this was this was basically said before the game. This is what I'm going to try to do, okay? And if I don't get a and if I get a hit using this method, which let's be honest, you know he's going to he's going to hit the ball with the bunt, okay? He's not guaranteed to do that. Have he swings away. Have you watched the Mets bunt this year? I'm talking about Jose Reyes, okay? And and it bothers me. It bothers me as a fa- as a fan and a player of the game because I don't like it. And I can tell you what, I'm not alone. There's a lot of people out there who don't who feel that way. Right. That it, to me, and I don't want to use the word cowardly because it, you know, it's not it's not brave or cowardly to play baseball, okay? But to me, it's a little bit of a, a cheap way to do it. Okay, so Bernie pull, getting pulled from a game, pulling himself well, after he has two hits. Well, no, no, stop. Well, we're talking about the bunt right now. Well, Let's no, wait, wait, I want to I address the Bernie thing for a second because you've brought this up in our conversations before the show yeah. about Bernie, about Ted Williams, and I'm going to put that argument to rest. They're all wrong. Okay, they're all wrong. So it doesn't matter if Bernie did it or he didn't do it. So they're why all is it wrong. a big deal when it, it, Jose it, Reyes does it? Why have we never heard about Bernie Williams doing that in 1998? Well, I'm not going to comment on something that was 13 years ago. Basically, this is happening right now. Okay, and to be honest with you, it, to me, it doesn't sit right, and for a lot of people, it doesn't. And and I don't even remember the Bernie thing to be honest with you. And you're right. <laughs> at the you time, wasn't made a big the, deal of. At the time, I, I would have had a problem with the, in the exact same way. It has nothing to do with Bernie versus Reyes. How about Larry Walker sitting out the last day of the season to preserve his batting title over John? I have a problem with all of them, every oh. single one of them. Right. Okay, every single one of them I have a problem with. I have a problem if you're if you're a man, you're not hurt, and you're playing baseball, you shouldn't sit out if you're going for a batting title. Why? Go six for eight in a doubleheader like Ted Williams did. Oh, please, with the 400. I've heard enough. But why? But wh- Let's why? freeze Ted Williams' head while we're here. Enough. He, was, well, he wasn't going for a batting title. He was going to hit 400, and he was already hitting 400. Well, that's a pretty he, big. He did it in I'd 1957 to his own teammate. Title. He did it to his own teammate in 1957. Did it to his own teammate. Went well, to I'm not, I'm not talking out of the game. about. I'm fine. I'm not talking about that year. I'm saying I give you one example of a situation where I felt like a player, you know, went for it. He was going for 400. That's entirely different than than I, I don't understand this. First of all, if you had mentioned Jose Reyes's name with Ted Williams in the same breath last week, you would have been shot. Okay, but today it's okay to compare Jose Reyes to Ted can Williams. I, can I just ask you how much of this comes from your 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 complete and utter uh, uh, support of Jose Reyes in the Mets? None of it. Because I can't imagine that you you would you would be the same way. If this was if this was Derek Jeter, I can't imagine it. I have no I have no problem with what they did today. The game meant nothing. It's per, it's all there for individual achievement. Derek Jeter does this today. You're defending him this staunchly. Is that what you're telling me? I'm not defending Jose Reyes. I'm just saying why is it that Jose Reyes doing it is the most criminal thing of all time and gutless well, and preconceived cowardice he, when he, other people have done it. Because that's what happens in New York. Ah uh, no no that's, that's what, what happens, happens in the Mets. That's, no, that's what happens that's in the true. Mets. The it same exact thing would happen to anybody else. Oh, no. Well, it didn't, but it didn't have with Bernie Williams. It didn't with Bernie oh. Williams. And, and Derek Jeter today, if he gets two hits, he gets to 300 and he takes himself out of the game. Well, that's, you, you just established it's a totally different thing. Okay? This is, this is, this is not, that's not someone achieving a personal milestone. This is someone going for a batting title. It's a different story. Okay? And you just said that. So my then, point no, is, is that then the Ted Williams I, comparison is bring them nonsense. Up. Fine, we can't bring either one of them up. Okay, the problem that most people have with this Jose Reyes thing is not Jose Reyes. It's not the Mets. It's the fact that he bunted, okay, 
to get on base, you know, the first step out of the game, and took himself out immediately. By the way, it's 7-6 Yanks uh, in the bottom of the eighth. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Ev. If, you, if that's the case, right? Holy cow, i got to put that on now. <laughs> Cal, get that on in the back cave. If that's yeah. the case, Ev, right, that it's just about uh, the player doing this and not about it being the Mets and Jose Reyes, where were the tweets from C.J. Wilson last year when Carlos Gonzalez sat himself out the last game of the year to win the batting title? Where were the tweets? Where were the tweets joking about Jose Reyes pulling a hamstring? Where were they? I'm not saying there isn't precedent, Steve. I think they're all wrong. I think Bernie's wrong. I think Cargo's wrong. You're missing my point. I'm saying if it's not just about the Mets and about Jose Reyes, how come there's no outcry last year when this was done last year? Where are the players tweeting, dude, that's weak? Dude, I, uh, it's probably because he was going to pull his hamstring. Ha, 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 ha. It's kind of that, funny. That was a player tweeting that. That was CJ. <laughs> hey, you better watch what you say. You know, if you're CJ Wilson. He may be on your team next year. And he may kick a ground ball in the eighth inning when you're going for the ERA. Uh, I just think so much of this comes from, the, you know, the, the feeling that you think that everyone's out to get the Mets. And I just don't, I just don't see that. I think this is. I think the whole situation has changed. Where was it in sports? Where was it you, can't compare, you can't compare '98, okay? Because '98, there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, there wasn't this social media that spreads things like wildfire, okay? There was talk I, I radio think, though. There was sports talk radio in '98. Uh, listen, you're going to tell me you know every detail of the way that that was treated back in 1998. I feel like I remember it. I called Vaccaro out on it today, and he said he wasn't sensed. Now, if I could go back into the post record book and see what he wrote about it at the time. I would, but I can't. But I'll take Vicaro's word for it because he's a good writer. And by the way, all I'm, Bernie, all I'm saying I'm, is that if it happened last year, where was pull, I just pulled this up right now, and Bernie Williams went two for two with a sack fly. So he had three at-bats in that game. Yes, and he was playing at the same time as Mo Vaughn, getting to watch his at-bats. So if Mo Vaughn had gotten a hit, Bernie would have stayed in the game. Where's he watching his at-bats? What are you talking about? Ev, they were playing at the same time, Ev. They were playing games at the same time. Today, Ray is playing in the day. Braun's playing at night. Stadium? Okay. No, no, no. I'm saying the games were going on concurrently. So the Yankees were looking at the score, seeing what Mo Vaughn was doing in his at-bats, and keeping Bernie Williams in the game or taking him out based on what Mo Vaughn was doing. I have to tell you, this, this, I don't agree with this comparison in any way. In no way. This, this, uh, that he went, he, he basically said, no, it's not. I, I totally disagree. Reyes had the opportunity to get a hit, take himself out, and feel comfortable with his average right there. Okay. How is Bernie he, went out and guy, got two hits. The okay, guy's playing the that tonight. Braun okay. was playing tonight. So Bernie, had, Bernie had instant satisfaction. He knew Mo Vaughn couldn't catch him when he took himself out of the game. He went, I don't understand how that's the same thing at all. Jose Reyes got a hit and put the impetus on Braun tonight. Braun needed to go three for four to beat him. Period. While Bernie was playing the game, Mo Vaughn was playing his game. And failing, and therefore Bernie know his, knew his two for two in a sack fly would win him the batting title. So he took himself out of the game. We lost one at bat. He lost one at bat. He went two for two with a sack fly. So we, most people get four bats in the game. What are you talking about? Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, just, I just don't see it. You know, maybe I'm way off here. The sports writer at the time agreed that there was a big deal about it. At, there wasn't, uh, or there was a situation at the time where Bernie Williams was taken out of the game. And that, and that this was the same thing. I ask you, do you have a bigger problem with it because it's Jose Reyes? 
Not at all. You know I love Jose Reyes. I, I think he's a great ball player. I actually like him a lot. I would love him on the Yankees. The problem I have with it is the way it was done. To me, it seems preconceived, and, and I have a problem in the game of baseball not letting, the, let, not letting yourself get a chance to swing away in that situation to beat the man that way. That's the problem I have. Has, I don't have a, I have a problem with any your, ball player who does it this way, no matter if it's Derek Jeter or Jose Reyes. So have his 550 at-bats before this one today not been getting better than I, the other guy? And, and I hate to, you know, to keep talking about it, but I, I totally agree with you that this one at-bat, this one day, should not you know, be the end-all ball thing. He earned his average at this point. But that's just the way the game is played. You play the game to the end. I'm sorry. That's, that's the way I think it should be. Okay. I don't know. I will say this. I've heard that point uh, today on the radio a lot. People saying that he earned, you know, everything he got this whole season, and he totally did. But you know, to to duck out like that, just the way he did it, is why people are responding this way. Do you? Uh, can you punch up what he went in the last uh, week and a half? I will punch up his average. You watch your ass, uh, gentlemen. Please rest your sphincters. Well put. Thank you very much, sir. Okay, I had that ready just because I knew <laughs> I knew Evan and I were going to get into it. And Ev, I love you. And you, you know what I do agree with? Here's what I totally agree with. Jose Reyes has been a big problem in our lives as friends. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. E. Ray Stat and I have about four documented fights in our lives, and three of them have been about Jose Reyes. One was about blocks in nursery school. <laughs> so, Jose Reyes, maybe it's better if he's in a new uniform next year, Ev. I got too much passion. No, I will say this, Ev. I, I understand this point from you, and I can see it. And that is, you blanketly don't like this. No, not at all. Across the board. Cargo doing it last year, Jose Reyes, Derek Jeter, the live long day, and so on. You would have a problem with any of them doing it. I would. Okay, that's fair. And and you know what? I, I, I'm not totally, totally against that. Okay, I'm not totally against that. But I, I, I do feel my only personal feeling was, would I have loved to see him go three for three today and keep himself in the game? Sure. But I, I don't feel it's the cowardice that is being well, thrown the, around. The one thing I will – first of all, I totally agree with that. The one thing I will say is I don't like the fact that people are equating this to the Mets. People are saying this is the way the Mets are, and they are doing that. I, and I, I agree. That's ridiculous. That's, I have the problem with this one thing. Okay, because from what I understand, this was Reyes alone who basically said this is the way he wanted it done. He wasn't pulled by Terry Collins. And be honest with you, that's the way it was with Bernie. I just yeah. reread an article that Tory you know pulled him after his third at bat. Yep. Yep. And Ray and 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 Collins, who was very emotional after the game, and very right. emotional when he was asked about this, and and in tears, and needed a minute. And I see his point of view is that the kid asked him to do this. What's he gonna do? You know? Why why was he in tears? I didn't see it. Oh, it was it was uh if you can have uh, pull up the press conference that you saw, Cal, right? He was emotional. He was very emotional. Because he did something that he wasn't comfortable doing? Yeah, well, that's not why he was emotional. He he did do something that he wasn't comfortable doing, but he knew how much it meant to Reyes. Right. And he and basically he was emotional just from an overall standpoint of he was proud of the way his team Battles, you know, and he really he he was emotional because it was the end of the season, and he had said that 
it was really important for Reyes to, to, to win the batting title. And he didn't necessarily agree with it, but he wasn't going to go against him on this because of the, all of the work he put in to earn the trust and respect of the team. And he thought that if he had you know, pushed back and kind of put his foot down on, on this matter, that he would have he taken a real step back with the team. And it might have, you know, it might have left a bad taste in, in Reyes' mouth as he, as he left for the season. So that's why he, he didn't agree with this. But he also did, you know, this was a battle that he chose not to fight. Well, and I think, and I think, Carol, though, let me jump in here, pal, because I, I'm not necessarily sure if it, he agreed with it or not. I think what he had a, the biggest problem with was the fans coming out to the ballpark today to see Jose Reyes and to see him, you know, take three at bats and try to legitimately, quote unquote, although I think his batting title is completely legitimate, but legitimately win the batting title. I think that was his bigger problem today. You know, I don't necessarily think he had as big a problem with what Jose Reyes was suggesting because, again, it's been done for years. Lots did of people done it. Did you watch it or listen to it as it happened today? Yeah. You did? Yeah. I okay. did. And, and I thought it was more in response to the question of, you know, him saying, I can understand the fans being upset. I can understand the fans, you know, paying their money and they want to see the guy and but no, not, I, not the not the press conference. I was talking about the the race hit. Yeah, and and this is this is where I want to get to, guys. This was my biggest problem with today, was that they botched. This is where the Mets could only be the Mets. I didn't have a problem with them taking him out after the first at bat. You know, he got a hit. He got on base. He's a leadoff hitter. I had no problem with him bunting. It's not like he's like Ev. I said before, it's not like he's Ryan Howard bunting against a shift to get a cheap hit. He's Jose Reyes. He's gonna bunt. He bunt. 30, year, 30 times a year for a hit. But my problem was when they took him out. Let him finish the inning. Let him go out to shortstop and then take him out so he can get the applause. No one knew what was going on. And, and, and half the stadium wasn't even there yet. So that's where the Mets screw this up. You know, let him walk off the field from shortstop and, and to the applause and tip his cap and get a, a pitcher's reception. Don't don't pinch run for him, Evan. Oh. <laughs> uh oh. I think pop culture PJ's here. Go ahead, Evan. Well, the one thing I want to add though is, in retrospect, with Braun going 0 for 4 today. Yes. Which obviously no one can predict. Uh, wouldn't you have felt more comfortable had Reyes gone at least a couple more at bats, gone one for three, one for four, and still have the batting title that way. No, I'm fine with it. You are? Okay. I, you know, and, and you just punched up his numbers, Ev. His numbers over the past week, he's 12 for 26. Okay? He went he went seven for his last, I think he was three for five, 11. three for six. So he went seven, seven for his last, last 11. 11. Yep. It's not like he was 0 for 14 and got a bunt single and then, you know, took himself out of the game. He earned it. You know, he hit, he hit freaking... 400, 450 over the last week to win the batting title. So, again, I, but I had the problem, Cal. I don't know if you did. I had the problem with the way they took him out. Yeah, I didn't like that either. There's the idiocy. There's where the Mets are the Mets to me. There's right. where they do something stupid to me. Like, you don't even take him out of the game the right way. But you know what bothered me the most, Ev? What bothered me the most is a guy like C.J. Wilson texting about Jose Reyes doing this. Where was the outrage last year with Cargo? You know, where, where's, where's the outrage when a guy, you know, is trying to get a personal number on the final day of the season and does something 
when, in a meaningless game. And it happens every year. It happens every year. I want, I just, I want to jump, back, jump in and, and talk about Evan's point here. He's right. It's never – I agree with him. It's never the right thing to do. Okay. It's always wrong. All of these examples that we've been talking about, Bernie Williams and Carlos Gonzalez and Jose Reyes, it's, it's always wrong, in my opinion, to do okay. it that way. The problem that I have is everybody is, is forgetting about the past. And just like you, Steve, you have, you have the same problem. They're focusing on the fact that Jose Reyes did it today. And like, like it's the first time this has ever been done. And everybody just ignores that it's been done in the past. They were all wrong, too. It's not that Jose Reyes is not the only wrong person in this equation. Everybody's been wrong. So that's, that's, that's where I have the problem. I got you. What, what were your thoughts on Hernandez's response to this? I, I, you know, Keith is Keith. I, I mean, Keith is going to – I agreed with him. He, he's old school, and he's going to rip the guy for doing it. <clears throat> I agreed, and, I agreed and with him. Look, whatever Keith says goes for me. You know that. I love Keith Hernandez. The Keith Hernandez. You know Keith Hernandez. Uh, I just love the way the social worker says his name. That's how I say Keith Hernandez. <laughs> or they, what's his, it's his unemployment agent, right? Right. George's unemployment agent. You know Keith Hernandez. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I, I, you know, Hernandez's point is valid. Your guy's point is valid. I don't have as big a problem with it as you guys, but you're right. My bigger problem is just what Cal just said. And that is, hey, it's good. it was done today. It was done before. It's going to be done again. I don't need to hear from C.J. Wilson about it, okay? I, yeah, you hope that Ryan Braun goes five for five tonight. Well, C.J., I hope you get lit up for seven runs, like a Christmas tree in the first round of the playoffs. So, you know, we all have hopes and wishes and dreams. <laughs> you know, whatever. I, yeah, I'm done with it. Jose Reyes, National League batting champion. I, I just don't think uh, when guys do stuff like this, it diminishes an entire season. I agree, I, I agree with that. I just – I have a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. That's fine. That also no. could be, you know, the whiskey. Could be. And it'll go away. It'll go away after time. It'll go – that's right. <laughs> when you, you know? When you drink more whiskey. Yeah, you know, I, I can wash that taste away, and I'll look back, and, and I'll be I'll be proud of, of the fact that – He's the first Met to win a batting title, and I'll be happy about it. But but today, it just feels you know, it feels like he did, you know didn't do it the right way, and, and he's, especially when he's in a Nats uniform. Well, you know, come you know, just real right. quick, you know, one of your favorite local uh, sports talk guys, uh, you know, the the big man on the, uh, the the main channel, huge. huge. Uh, he he made it very clear today that uh, whenever this is ever mentioned that. He, Jose Reyes won a batting title. He will make it very clear how this manner, how it was done, in a, in a, in a, in, a, in an ominous way that only he could do. And that's just, I don't think that's necessary in any way. Just like he does for Bernie, same thing. Yeah, I'm sure. Just like he does, just like he does for for Larry Walker, when he beat when he beat out John Olerud. I tell you what, I, I'm glad the John Olerud one came up today. The guy hit 352 and lost the batting title. Like, do you know how hard it is to hit 352 as a Met? It just doesn't happen. We we don't have those guys. We don't have the – in America, how many cats? I don't know in America. Uh, quoting Scrooge there. I want to bring in we're, – we're we got to – let's shift it. Uh, he lost to Larry Walker. And Larry Walker sat out the last day of the season to preserve his lead. 1998. Right. So Same year that Bernie Williams 
It was. It happened. Olerud needed like a three for four to win it, and Larry Walker sat the game out. Uh, and uh, so you know, good for the goose. It's good for the good for the gander. They say, hey, you know what? I want to bring in. Uh, we're gonna shift gears to football, but before we do, I'd like to bring in our producer, the PJ, the the, the bishop, pop culture PJ. Hello, PJ. Oh, wait, 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 Peach. Peach, we, play, we played it already, Peach. We play, we ended the show already. Oh. There we go. Wait, I have hey, one guys. for PJ. I have one for PJ. You ready? I've been saving this. The Muppet Show. There you go, Peach. Come on. You're supposed to talk over there. You're supposed to talk. I'm I'm marching around my kitchen now. (laughs) It's time to the music. (laughs) Hey, now that I got everybody on the phone at the same time, I have a question. Yes. Is there a show tonight? No. Thank God. There's no show tonight. All right. What we are what we are doing though is uh, getting together online to talk about sports in an organized fashion. Well, that's quaint. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not a show though. No, it isn't. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you laughed like that. I'll tell you why. I had this vision. It was going to be you and Doctor Iray Stat for the show tonight. The four of us would be here. And I had this vision of you and Dr. Iray Stat as sort of Statler and Waldorf as Cal and I got into these like huge discussions. <laughs> so Just I pulled this. You. I pulled this, right. I pulled this. Oh, oh, oh. What's wrong with you? Uh, it's either this show or indigestion. I hope it's indigestion. Why? It'll get better in a little while. There you go. I pulled that. I don't think you and Dr. Erase that have anything that funny up your sleeve. I call Waldorf. <laughs> Dr. Erase, would you like that makes you Statler? Are you comfortable with that? No, he's not. He's just shaking his head feverishly. No, no, please don't go to me. That that head shake that's a move on. Just don't call on me. Right, he just gave us that he did look like me in seventh grade math in algebra. <laughs> Don't call on me. Please don't call on me. Please don't call on me. Mr. Sampietro. I don't know what obtuse means. I don't. <laughs> I'm being obtuse right now. Thank you. P- PJ, uh, last week we discussed uh, this idea that, uh, uh, well, we want to ask you uh, first about the Jose Reyes thing. Do you know anything about this today? Um, I know that on uh, 970 AM, the, uh, the, the Apple... You know that that radio station. I, I I don't actually know the call letters, but they call it the Apple. Okay. They refer to him as Jose Reyes. <laughs> okay, and that's it. And that's it. They were talking about him all day, but it was just funny because anytime they were talking about him, they would interrupt their own cadence of speech to say, <laughs> "And the day belongs to Jose Reyes." <laughs> I hate when people do that. By the way, huge pet peeve yeah. of mine. When There's got to be a name for that. Yeah. Unnecessary we, we, elocution or something. <laughs> UE, unnecessary elocution. I like that. We got to throw, throw a flag when somebody does that. 
Right. <laughs> Five yards for unnecessary elocution. <laughs> uh, Peach, before we uh, – we're going to start talking about football in a second. We have the fun load and stuff too. But I, I wanted to ask you, when we last had you on the show, we didn't have Dr. Erase Stat, and you had a Dr. Erase Stat question that you wanted to pose to him. And then we could That's all true. answer it. Right. That's true. But, so, Dr. E-Ray, uh, uh please be prepared. Uh, <laughs> the question is a glee question. The Never question heard was of it. <laughs> I don't. I. I don't care for glee. <laughs> I've never been described as gleeful. I don't care for that program. No. Too much no, with the singing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the I don't know why it's called glee. They're never happy. They're never smiling. Yes, Frankly, what the, the irony is lost on me. <laughs> what is the question? I forgot. If you could have one song... Glee covered by Glee. That was that was it. Right, Gleeified. Okay, what? And this all came uh, from we were talking about Dave Grohl and how Dave Grohl refused to let the Foo Fighters' music be Gleeified. So if you could have one song that would be Gleed, Gleed up, Gleed Gleeified, Gleeification. While while he's thinking, um, did did you see what uh, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters just accomplished last night? No. Oh, they got to play with Roger Waters. They played In the Flesh. Oh, nice. On the Jimmy Fallon program. And wasn't Radiohead on Colbert yesterday, too? Radiohead's been all over New York. They're just playing I, everywhere. I think they did an hour on Colbert last night. They did. They they did a huge amount on Colbert, featuring two drummers. And uh, a second guy. Wow, bro, uh, hold on here, PJ. Uh, uh, <laughs> Cal is is jumping out of the screen. Uh, what happened, Cal? Wait, we are we going to the newsroom? <laughs> I think we have we have breaking news. Let me let me hold on. Let me get the God darn it. Get on the button. There it is. Gotta be gotta be prepared for this. Uh, come on, I got it. Let's go to the newsroom. Brian Calvi, RT Sports. All right, we're live in Tampa, and pandemonium is broken out at the Tropicana Dome. Dan Johnson, the 108-hitting Dan Johnson, has come up with two outs in the bottom of the ninth with a pinch-hit home run to tie the game at seven. Holy mackerel. Bringing the Tampa Rays back from a 7 nothing deficit. It's now 7-7 in the ninth. Back to you, Steve. Wow, thanks, Brian. We'll keep an eye on that breaking story. Now let's go to PJ with the weather. Go to hell! Thank you, PJ. Yeah. <laughs> I think a doctor, the question for Dr. E. Ray made him leave the room holding his head. <laughs> you know, some people don't like the glee. They don't, they don't, uh. I don't care for the glee. Listen, they don't hear had, music I've on that a, frequency. I've had a week to think about this question, and I have my gleeification song. Would you like are to you, get Are you ready? Rolling? Are you ready? Uh, yeah. How does... I, I, I have a follow-up question uh, for you, so... Okay. Cal, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. How does Killing in the Name of by Rage Against the Machine sound? Hmm. As, now, my follow-up question is, as a group number, or does one character get it to do it as their character? 
Group number. I need show choir. Group number. I need show. Uh, uh, Dr. Ray Stat joins us again. Uh, Dr. Ray, I said my song for gleification. Killing in the Name of by Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> I, I wish I could participate in this. I, I have no interest in that show at all. I, uh, yeah, sorry. Well, well, and I have tonight, to as the wet I blanket, Doctor E Ray can't even fake it. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, fine. While I have the four of you on, before we move on to football, real quick, uh, have you guys seen the trailer for the movie with the dolphin with the prosthetic tail? Is this a joke? Are they kidding? Uh, is that money? So I'm Moneyball? Isn't it based? Isn't it based on a true story? That's. <laughs> I'm serious. Like Dan, is that, that a true story? Money fish. Money fish. Money fin. He's a blind superhero. <laughs> this, I, are they trying? Why don't just? Why don't you just give me like a thing of onions and put a it's handkerchief? Good for the, it's good for the kids. It tugs at the heartstrings. It uh, tells a good story and it has a nice ending. You gotta I don't understand. A do- this is the most Hollywood Disney movie I've ever heard of in my life. It's about a dolphin with a prosthetic limb. The film was inspired by the true story of a bottlenose dolphin named Winter who was rescued off the Florida coast and oh. taken in by the Clearwater Marine Aquarium. This okay, is but they made real, that movie. It was this called is Finding happening. Nemo. <laughs> have, not, have we not all seen that? How is this not animated? Come on. Why is Harry Connick Jr. in this movie? Just keep swimming, <laughs> swimming, swimming. Just keep I swimming. must know. It's yeah, about a blind bottlenose dolphin. Steve, you're not even mentioning the Can't best see. part of that commercial. What? The best part of that commercial is a dusted off Chris Christopherson saying, that's the bravest thing I've ever seen. You're right. I am completely leaving out the best part of it. The best part of this movie is 207-year-old Chris Christopherson <laughs> in, his, in his chaps getting, getting up with the with the he's, biggest whiskey whiskey growl of all time saying that that's his thing he's rugged but believable that's why you get him that's true you And you know what it's really about I don't know it's about a dolphin who learns to love <laughs> by the way i just looked at imdb and i said and i saw that ashley Judd was in and i said of, of course she's in this <laughs> why wouldn't she be like in that this was movie? my initial reaction of course hmm. she's the woman in oh my goodness. oh so she's back with morgan freeman this is another this is another judd freeman uh joint <laughs> they've worked together before <laughs> but hollywood has just been you know chomping at the bit to get these two back together that's bogey right there it's champing whatever Steady hand at the till, whatever. All right? God. You know what? Next week, I'm going to call him when there's only three minutes left of the show. Because <laughs> that's how long you and I can go before you get touchy. <laughs> I might get, have to get snooty. Bring your own snoot next time. All right, we're going to talk football. We'll talk to you in a minute, all right? Because clearly we're going overtime tonight. So just hold your horses over there. Take another- I got to go. I, I got so much to do. Take another walk around the the studio there. I'm working with the world's strongest men. Don't don't mess with me because we'll come down there. Oh yes, that's right. PJ, uh, for those of you who don't know, is working. Uh, can we say where you're working? Is that legal? That's perfectly legal. Well, I don't want to get you in trouble. That's perfectly legal. I fear nothing. PJ is working at IMG tonight, doing a little post production on the world's strongest man, Lars van Larsenson. Magnus Magnuson is there this year. He is. 
Magnus Man Magnuson. Those guys all and, have uh, Swedish names that repeat seven times. Lars van yeah, Lars van Larsen. Did he just throw a refrigerator through the window? <laughs> this uh this this year they're they're lifting cars. Uh they're not they're not hoisting appliances. Oh wow, trying something new this year. Uh they're dragging trucks. Are they they're doing lifting the <laughs> solid squares of iron? They are they are throwing beer kegs full. They're, they're full beer kegs. Full beer kegs. Um, throwing them backwards over their head uh, over a bar. You know, you have to get them, I guess, seven meters in the air or something like that. It's, I have a good time. I have a, uh, a a question for you guys. What would this sound like if they got mainstream announcers to cover? <laughs> like Gus Johnson? Like, Gus, like what if Gus Johnson was doing World's Strongest Man? Holy cow, it's a keg over his head. Seven uh, minutes left. This year it's being called by uh by strongman Phil Fister and uh former champ uh Bill Kazmaier. I love their work. I have all their albums. You know what they would, would kill be? you. They can kill you with one finger. They probably could. I think it'd be fresh and unique if Chris Berman called it. Oh, he's gonna throw the keg back, 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 back. Oh my god. Gave gave him all kinds of nicknames. Right. Mag- Magnus Von Magnifying Glass. Magnus. Uh, I think we I'm need sure. to go into the studio and we need to do a one-minute reel of uh, what would it be like if certain guys called the world's strongest man, and I think you guys need to all work on your impressions. Excellent. I don't do impressions. <laughs> Evan does a tremendous uh, John Sterling. He'll never That's do it. Character. Look, he's shaking his head. Evan, no, he's just everybody. <laughs> He's the mimic. He's Alec Baldwin. All right, we're going to talk about football. We'll talk to you in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Peach. Okay, look, football, all right? Uh, look. All right. <laughs> I said, PJ got me too excited. Cal. This, is, this has gotten off to a great start. Yeah. What a smooth, Cal. What a smooth transition. <laughs> oh, boy. Like football, like, what's the deal? What is the deal with football? Hey, how about that football? What's going on with that? This is uh, ready to unload with um, Cal and Sand Pete. Um, Seriously, why are the Jets now the worst team in the NFL? Why? I'll throw it out there. Why? They're very lucky. They're incredibly lucky. I don't know if you've heard. They lost last week. Here's what I don't understand, guys. We talked about... Sanchez last week. I'm not going to do it again, although I have started the Mark Sanchez Defense Fund. And mm. we are having our first fundraiser in two weeks. It's a bake sale for Broadway. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be performing numbers from Hair and from Hello Dolly uh, in Mark's defense. Uh, seriously, though, um, Evan, you're going to call me paranoid. You've done it in the past. You'll do it again. I do feel like, though, that some of my paranoia when it comes to the Jets is warranted, considering that Rex Ryan has made them such a target, that I feel like the league enjoys watching them fail. And I feel like the league and a good deal of the media enjoyed watching the Jets get torn asunder on Sunday. So I I don't necessarily know, you know... Oh boy, Doctor Ray just 
we couldn't get to football. Thanks, everybody. We'd like to thank, we'd like to thank Lindsey Buckingham, otherwise known as the NFL. We'll get to you next time, Lindsey. Uh, so Dr. Eraystat uh, alerts us to the fact that – no? I, I'm sorry. I'm doing this. Alerts us to the fact that Rob Parker from ESPN, his headline is, Reyes proves once again he's no jeter. And Sam Pete rests. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Thanks, everybody. That's it. I'll do the same, baby. I said it. I'm leaving. I'm out. He's no jeter. Cal, he's no jeter. I think we already knew that. No jeter, Cal. No jeter. I don't think we I don't think we needed somebody to tell us that. The captain would have wanted his class and dignity. Jeter probably would have went out there and went four for four. And was enormous and huge. Bink bink bink. Two hits there. Boom boom boom. Batting title. Okay? Once again. That's why they're just another team in the AFC. <laughs> I combined all sort of all sorts of Francesca destroying my teams right there. That was good. Yeah, it's almost like he has a personal vendetta against you. <laughs> he might. Cal, uh, seriously, let's let's not even get into Rob Parker and his ridiculousness with the Jets. I, I do feel like because Rob Ryan has uh, Rex team uh, or Rex Ryan, sorry, Rex Ryan has made this team such a target that I think the media took a, a little bit of glee watching them get ripped apart this Sunday. Would you agree with that? I would. I don't, I don't think there's a conspiracy there. <laughs> I think... Sorry, you said glee. <laughs> that's, it's good when your producer's paying attention. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Listen, I think that the Jets are kind of in the position that the Cowboys are in. As far as perception... I'm going to go back to perception... Here we go. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching. A, I'm teaching. A, I'm teaching a psychology class tonight. It's perception. The 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 Jets are in the same spot as the Cowboys or or you know the old Raiders. People people delight in their failures because they've put them in a position for people to delight in their failures. They've they've talked too much. You know, Rex Ryan has talked too much. He's built this team up, and when they fail, everybody's gonna everybody is gonna delight in that. I'm just saying. No, it's true. It, it really is true. And it, so you're not, you're not, there's no conspiracy here. You're, you're dead on. People want the Jets to fail. Well, what do you think about what Namath said, Cal? What do you think about Namath's comments? Now, Joe Namath came out and said this week that perhaps Rex Ryan building this team up and, and, and t- telling everybody that will listen how good they are has the team ill-prepared and just sort of throwing their helmets out there on a Sunday when they think they're better than the team they're playing and not playing up to their potential and, and – d- d- did Joe come off as – Joe, because we're boys. Did Namath come off as sort of a uh, just an angry Jets fan, or does he have a legitimate point? Now, I know he knows nothing about the preparation, and that's what Rex Ryan said. Rex Ryan said, well, he can come and sit in on the meetings. I mean, we're prepared. But it was, is his point well taken, Cal? You know, can you build up a team too much where they start to believe their own press and just roll their helmets out on the field? Sure. I, I think that there is a danger in that. Now, I, we can't comment as to exactly if that's happened because we're not there. We don't see the preparation. Joe Namath doesn't see the preparation. Rex Ryan swears that that's not the case. And he and you said he invited Joe Namath to come watch a practice and watch how they prepare for a game. But he's got a point, Steve. Joe Namath has a point that, it, that you, you, there is the, the danger of artificially inflating these guys 
to the fact where they feel like they might not have to work as hard because they think that they're better than they are. No, I, I you know, Doctor yeah, Doctor Ray made this point last year, but also to the degree that it also puts a target on their back for the teams that they're playing. And I think we saw a little bit about uh, of this with the Raiders this past week, where the Raiders were really fired up to play that game, and really are viewing the Jets as a measuring stick of how good they are, and they want to shut the Jets up. We saw it the week before with Jacksonville; they just didn't have the players to back it up. You know, but Jacksonville wanted to to shut up the Jets, and, and that one you know reserve receiver shot his mouth off about Revis. You're going to run into both of these things now, but. Here's what's driving me a little crazy, a little nuts, is that I don't seem to remember the Jets bad-mouthing the Raiders coming into this week. And I don't seem to remember the Jets really bad-mouthing anybody. Not this year. No, I, I, I feel like the Jets, the only thing the Jets have said this year that could be considered talking is saying that, you know, Rex Ryan said he believes they're going to win the Super Bowl again. Well, you know, I'm, and just to... Just to, to expound on your point here when have the Jets really ever said anything bad about anybody over th- over these three years no but they no but they they have said oftentimes they believe they're the best team okay. right but, but, that's, said, but that's but that is completely different but Cal after they lost to the Dolphins remember two years ago they said they were the better team after they lost to I can't remember who it was last year but um, it was a game that they didn't think they should lose they said they were the better team okay you know, Calvin Pace called the Wildcat a gimmick. I mean, they have shot their mouths off in the past. Yeah, but more and they, often and they haven't they, as much of late. For sure. More, more often than not, the tactic has been to just pump their own selves up right. and, 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 and talk more about how good they are rather than how bad another team is. And this year, there hasn't been a lot of talk at all. No, and, and I think – look – the league has a has a notion or a preconceived notion about the Jets based on what has gone on the last three years. That's not going to change. I mean, people are enjoying the Jets off to this two and one start. I might add, two and one, not one and two, not on yeah. three. We talk about practice, Cal. All right, we talk about practice. Well, but they are a block punt away from being one and two. Oh, please. And the one win came against a team that didn't try. They put out a non-competitive quarterback. Thank so. you, thank you, Mr. Francesa. Thanks. And 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 the Patriots are Patriots are a tuck rule away from not having any Super Bowls. I mean, really, we're gonna do this? We can do this all day. Come on now. We talked. We talked. We talked. <laughs> doing? Oh my bad. I didn't know. Yeah. Is that what it was? <laughs> I did not see you keeping it real. Yeah. You did it so quietly. No, we talked about luck last week. Cal, we talked about this. Thank you. Good reminder. Uh, PJ Bot. Cal, we spoke about this in another life. Uh, i got to think of another way to say we talked about this. Um, no, but seriously, we talked about the idea of luck versus a skill play. Okay, A blocked punt is a skill play. The Revis interception is a skill play. Tony Romo didn't gift wrap anything. Tony Romo's not trying to throw an interception there. Tony Romo gift wrapped a win. Did he really? I sort of I sort of seem to think that Darrell Revis, the best cornerback in football, baited him into an interception. I mean, it just again, perception is reality, Cal. That's what we're titling the show. That's what we're titling the show. Uh, I, look, I didn't I didn't intend for us to go there, but 
It if, fits. If you're if you're the Giants and you've beaten the 0 and 3 Steve Jacksonless Stephen Jacksonless Rams and Mike Kafka from Northwestern in a game that you were trailing when Michael Vick was still in the game and you're 2 and 1, that's a better 2 and 1 than the Jets 2 and 1. Because the Jets needed a block punt and a and a, you know, yeah, and and and, and granted they knocked him out. Sure. Okay, how is that any less lucky than a block punt? They happened to hit him on the hand and break his hand. But it was a cheap shot, though. Could, uh, I don't think it was a cheap shot. I don't think it was after the play. But it, that's, that's, that's just as much luck as a block punt. In fact, it's more so. I'm just saying, perception reality. Why is the Giants 2-1 better than the Jets 2-1? Because the uh, Giants, the Jets are supposed to have this, you know, a tremendous defense, and the defense has been ripped. They've been bad. So I get I mean, that. You, you can't you can't defend the, the defense. You can't. Well, it's still two and one. They still done some things right. But you keep, yes, they 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 blocked a punt <laughs> in that Dallas game. Uh, um, uh, Brian, look, um, look. I, can I just bring something up here though, please? Okay. Perception and reality and all that nonsense. The Jets talk, 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 and everybody wants to beat them. The Giants, the Giants, uh, they do a little talking too, don't they? Uh-huh. Just a little bit. But how come you never hear about the Giants? How come when Antrell Roll runs his mouth like he's a fifth grader in the schoolyard, he never gets called on it? I, I, I don't know. Because Why? Okay. You know? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Again, um, you know, people talk all around the league. Everybody, but that's my point. Yeah, I shouldn't. The difference is, Cal, it's not their coach. That's the difference. Players have been players have been talking this way for years and years and years. Players get to back it up on the field. When a coach says it, people lose their minds. That's what it is. That's what it, that's what it is. The chicks can't handle the smoke. That's the problem. Uh, look, the Giants did get a huge win last week against the Eagles. It, it, it could be a season-changing win. It's, you know, very, very big. Uh, and 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 all, again, all credit to them. They did knock out Mike Vick. They got what they deserved. You know, they they won that game. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm playing devil's advocate to a certain extent. Okay, but uh, I think if you look around the league to declare a team a disaster after three weeks when they're two and one is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Are the Bills going to win the Super Bowl? Wow. Is that a, is that a question? Yeah, I, I felt it. Did I not answer oh, it? I, but I said it was rhetorical. No, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Did I, <laughs> I thought maybe I got British on it and asked, it, are the Bills going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> no, they're not. Than a question? <laughs> uh, they might, but come on. Come on now. Uh, to, quote, to, to quote Denny Green, then crown their ass. You know, well, hey, hey, what are you doing? It's after eleven. I could probably drop an f bomb right now. Nobody would care. Our California listeners are still awake. That's true. That's true. All our listeners in the Sacramento area. You gotta be careful. Did you see our numbers in Sacramento, by the way? Huge, huge. We're doing we're doing a two there. Two three. That'd be, yeah, that'd be about a two point three. What, Doctor Ray? What would you say our number is in Costa Mesa? Costa Mesa on a on a on a Wednesday night. Going up against, going up against the Dodgers last game of the season. Uh, it's got to be a three point eight, two seven. The national or uh, local? 
Three seven. That's a good number, dog. Hey, right on. That's good. <laughs> uh, look, to, <laughs> to close it up with that, well, let's get a last-minute uh, uh, update here on the games, if we could. Dr. E. Ray, where, where do we stand? It's uh, bottom of the 10th Rays up at bat, uh, B.J. Upton. Scott Proctor and his well-documented <laughs> damaged arm in. I can't believe Scott Proctor wound up back with the Yankees and nobody told me a thing. The band's back together. The band is back. But he must have seen, Is Joe still there? Yeah, Joe's still there. No! No, no, no. Girardi. Girardi. It's okay. It's okay. Scott, it's okay. It's not Joe. It's okay. It's Joe Girardi. It's all right. Oh, oh God. Oh. Scared. Arm hurts. Rotator cuff. Ow. 97 innings. Pitching every day. Please. Just another quick update. The Red Sox Orioles have resumed. And that game is 3-2. 3-2, end of the seventh, going to the top eighth. Sox. And uh, what do we got, uh, Bravos Cardinals? Uh, The Cardinals won uh, on a gem by uh, Chris Carpenter. Uh, So they they guarantee a tie. Phillies Braves tied 3-3, bottom 12. Although the Braves Braves are threatening with two men on and two out. Who's pitching for the uh, Phillies? Someone named DeFratis. I've never heard of him. And Martin Prado at the plate for the Braves. Very Justin DeFractis. Justin DeFractis. Sounds like a math equation. Uh, okay, so uh, while we're doing this live thing, uh, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Uh, and, and the last thing on football, guys, and then we, we should probably wrap this up, uh, bring, the, bring the bishop back in and wrap this up. Last thing on football, though. You guys have been watching the NFL for three weeks. A lot of points. A lot of defensive penalties. Do you think that this is a league-mandated thing? Do you think that the league wants more points? We saw some questionable defensive penalties uh, in the Jet uh, Raiders game. We saw some questionable penalties in the Green Bay game. Uh, do you think that the league has is trying? We've seen offense like we've not seen before uh, in the first three weeks of the NFL season. Do you think that is mandated from the NFL? No. You know what? I I attribute it a lot to the lockout, I think. I think the lack of preparation for these defenses is is causing them to be so bad early in the season. I think as the the year goes on, you're going to start to see the scoring go down a little bit. But um, but it's a different – I mean, everybody talks about it. It's a different league. It's a passing league. You're going to see a lot more yardage and a lot more points than you would have seen even five years ago. But I, but I really think that it's skewed early because of the, of the lack of preparation that these teams had. That's just my opinion, though. What do I know? No, no, I like it. I, I sort of agree with that to a certain extent. I, I do feel like that the idea of the roughing the passer rules, the pass interference rules, I mean, Sims said it during the Jet Raiders game when there was a pass interference called on Cromartie, where Sims said, you know, I just uh, you can't do anything anymore. You can't hand check. You can't touch a guy. I think the rules are really, really set up now for offenses. And I think it's going to be an issue going forward in this season. I'll be interested to see how it plays out because it doesn't seem like you can even, and this is in no way, shape, or form, making an excuse for the Jets. I I don't want, I'm saying nobody's playing defense right now. If you hold a team to 24 points, you feel good about yourself. I mean, the Patriots are 32nd, they're they're giving up 450 yards a game, you know, and they're two and one. You know the 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 Bills at three and zero are giving up four hundred yards a game. 
they're just getting 450. I'm just saying nobody's playing defense right now. And I think the league is protecting its product a little bit. And its product is points scored. I, I, you know, I, I think I, I, I just would keep an eye on this, guys, because I feel like it's getting real tough to be a DB in this league. It's getting real tough. Yeah, no, I agree. The, and and some of the penalties over the weekend, some of the roughing oh. the passer penalties were just ridiculous. I mean, the one on on Wilkerson was was oh, the Jason Campbell one was uh, that was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Crazy. I mean, how does the the quarterback's not down on the ground? Right. The quarterback needs to be knocked down for me for there to be a pass interfere or a uh, roughing the passer call. I mean, he, he didn't. He didn't even push him. He kind of just kind of touched him. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sanchez gets a broken nose. No call. That's okay. I think, I think he was just saying hello. You can punch the guy in the face. And uh, Dr. Ire with the update. We can't do play-by-play, so we'll wait. Okay, Martin Prado grounded out. <laughs> They're going to the 13th. The Braves playing for their lives. Now, now, here's the thing. This game goes on any longer. They have to fly to St. Louis to play a game tomorrow. No, it's in Atlanta. St. Louis has to come to them tomorrow to play a game. They're going to have to drive home after this game. You have to. Have to drive. They're going to have to drive all the way home tonight. If this game goes any longer, they may just stay. Maybe to Cobb County. Maybe some of them live on Peachtree Street. Macon. You could. They might live in Buckhead. You know, Buckhead's a cool, uh, cool area down in Atlanta. I spent a little time down in Atlanta, boys. Did you? I did. My, oh. Back when I was on tour with the Broadway show. Nice. I was. We were in Atlanta for uh, what were we, five weeks in Hotlanta. <laughs> yes. I fully expected that. I deserve that. It was Dr. Ray. Yes, it was Glee on Ice. Glee on Ice. Wow. Uh, let's bring uh, the bishop back in here and close this bad boy up. Uh, bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Best yes, my son. The best producer in the business. Uh, while, I, uh, while I have the four of you guys, the here, holiest producer in the business. That's right. Uh, can we get a uh, a FEMA update on the house? How are we doing there? Still underwater. Right. No, no. Uh, we're doing much better. Thank you for asking. Well, glad the, to hear it. The dumpling sound studio is empty. Okay. And is being uh, rehabilitated. Evacuated. <laughs> Slowly. Well, for, first it was kiln-dried. Then it was swept clean. Then there was germicide. Uh, and uh, we have to start putting things back. You Excellent. know, stuff that survived. Some things going to have to be, you know, completely replaced. That's a long list. But, you know, we'll we'll start with carpet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like like the children. <laughs> they're, they're the, the children, they're carpet. That's right. Carpet uh, the children. A much less successful campaign than Feed the Children. Carpet the children. <laughs> that was a terrible concert, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> concert for carpeting the children. <laughs> they reunited the bangles. No one cared. Right. Oh, well, boy. Bob Geldof was looking for his next, his next cause. His carpet aid. We've got the cop at the children. children. <laughs> it was it was raised. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Give the kids some berber. It was 
and that'll button it. It was brought to my attention that uh, every time I go to a British accent of late, it's gone right to John Lennon. Have you guys noticed this? Yeah, I, I just didn't want to say anything. Right. No, you tip back and forth. Sometimes you do Dana Carvey's Paul McCartney, and then sometimes you do you do Lennon. What? Or Michael Keane. <laughs> oh, well, that's, you know. What's that's... up with that, though? I don't know if I, 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 I really feel like I'm just, I'm stuck in a, on a Lennon groove of the album. And I need to get at, you know what I need to do? I need to watch Spinal Tap. Or Arthur. Or Arthur. <laughs> Dr. Ray's favorite movie. One of his favorite movies. Yeah, you you should you should watch Spinal Tap, but don't go for the Tap Boys. Try to try to do some uh, Tony Hendra. Come out of that as uh, as Ian. <laughs> I want larger bread. Um <laughs> Well, anyway, uh boys, let's uh let's button this show up. Uh I I'm just going to play this this little music here like we do. Now available right. online at SoundCloud. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything to plug? I need it's Sam Goody in Record World. I got the nice price sticker right on it. <laughs> that is all the time we have for episode 11 28. Let's uh, let's go around the horn and get our final unloads. We'll start with you, Bishop Pop Culture PJ. Well, if I knew there was a show tonight, I would have come earlier. I apologize for my tardiness. And next week, I'll start the show by myself an hour earlier, and I'll just read something to the people. <laughs> Excellent. And Dr. Erase that. I'll be at the Laugh Shack next Tuesday appearing with Carrot Top. So please come down and show your support. Thanks a lot. <laughs> That's a good show. That's a good show. Saw that carrot top's funny. <laughs> and Cal. And Cal. Go raise. Go cards. I want to see two games tomorrow. Playoff baseball. I love it. And I'm so glad the band was back together tonight. Great to have all you guys with us. Yeah, I second that emotion uh, for sure. And I uh, just want to say congratulations to Jose Reyes, 2011 National League batting champion of the New York Mets. Number seven, Jose Reyes. Congratulations, Jose. In fact, he won the batting title today with a one-for-one performance. He got a base hit, and that's all he needed. Congrats, Jose. Fantastic job. You, sir. Our Metropolitan for Life. Thanks, guys. That's all the time we have. We will see you next week on Radio Unload with Cal and Sam Pete or Dr. E. Ray Stat and the Bishop Cal Coach with PJ and Cal. Good night, everybody. Jose Reyes. Jose Reyes. You know who was having a wonderful game today? Jose Reyes. Jose Jimenez. <laughs> 15-yard penalty, unintentional, elocution.